I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever this is reaching you. Happy Friday and welcome to That Witch Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm That Witch Next Door. I'm going to be your host, your guide, your mentor, and instructor in all things magic, witchcraft, astrology, and witchy business. <laughs> and today, as I almost forget my intro, today's a, might be a little spicy, a little sassy episode. We might get a little a little real with it around here today. Um, As you saw in the title of today's show, I want to debunk some rules, air quotes, rules and, and myths and rumors when it comes to our witchcraft practice. There are a whole lot of people telling you how to live and what to do every single day, usually all throughout your day. And I kind of want you to take a minute and just let that sink in first. How many areas of your life do you turn and you're faced with some kind of rule, right? Rules. Oh my gosh. I have quite the relationship with rules. I was a kid that I I respected the hell out of authority because I feared the fuck out of authority. So my parents had, you know, as many of our parents did, if you're a millennial, a relatively authoritative parenting style that, you know, trickled down uh, from uh, probably a much stricter and much more intense version of what they had experienced. But if you were an only child or the firstborn <laughs> as a millennial, you very likely um, relate to this. Now, if you were the youngest, potentially a middle child, you understood authority, you understood its role, you recognized it, and I don't know that you had the respect for it, though. I don't know that you had, because I don't know that you had the fear of it the same way an only child or an older child did. And by the way, if you've never looked up, um you know, kind of the different roles and per or the different personality traits of the different roles of children and depending on the order you were born and fi- family dynamics. So meaning if you had siblings or if you were an only child, um, I really encourage you to do so. It's really a lot like learning your astrology. <laughs> it's very, very enlightening. It's very informative and it's extremely fascinating. But you know, the only child or the firstborn child, if you grew up with two parents or caregivers, 
uh, you were outnumbered. And quite honestly, no matter what, you were kind of outnumbered. Because even if you had a single parent, you know, you still had authority figures in so many other areas, right? Other family members, school, if you went to daycare. I mean, we had so, so, so many authority figures. So if you were a firstborn or an only, you know, you were very outnumbered and you felt that. And that's where that fear comes from. Once we get into middle and uh, younger or youngest siblings or, or you know, uh, like later born or last born children, there are, we see the effects of, honestly, like solidarity. Because a sibling gives this sense of safety. There's, there's safety in numbers. And at the very least, you know, even if your sibling didn't physically protect you, I know that there's probably a lot of you listening that was like, my fucking brother or sister, <laughs> they didn't protect me. They beat the shit out of me or what, you know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but there, even if it was like in a, someone just being able to relate to you, um, and understand you because they were, you were considered peers, right? Because you're a lot closer in age than those authority figures were. There's this feeling of solidarity through that. And I, I think that there, that's where, um, later born or last born children have, feel a little more confident and a little more comfortable and a little more brave questioning authority, questioning the rules and pushing back against those. This is just a subject that I reflect on often. And I've noticed in every single person, every single person I know, um, find out, you know, if you don't already know what their, what their, order was when they were born, right? What role they filled in the uh, child dynamic and the family dynamic, you know, were they, were they an older sibling, middle, were they an only child? Were they like me? And they were an only child for over 10 years and then became a sibling. That'll do something to you too. Um, you know, you will see if you, if you look up these different traits and you pay attention to those around you and what their role was, you will see their inner child, quite honestly. You'll see their inner child so much more clearly. You'll see your own inner child much, much, much more clearly because you'll see that we, in a way, don't ever grow out of these roles. We just kind of grow into them and they develop and manifest the way that they do for each of us. And so the reason I'm, you know, kind of uh, backstorying with all of this is because I really want you to recognize the weight of rules and authority, okay? Especially when it comes to whatever role you are, okay? So what has your relationship been with rules and authority? And how is that in contrast to how your relationship with rules and authority is now that you're older, okay? So I want you to reflect on that because our relationship with rules and leadership and authority figures and this idea of getting in trouble, right? Because that's what it is at the end of the day. I'm doing it wrong or I'm getting in trouble. It affects like every single decision in our lives. And that's why 
it's relevant. That's why this is so important to talk about on a podcast where we teach energy work and witchcraft and manifestation because your decisions fucking matter. Your decisions matter so much. So really analyzing the motives and reasons behind your decision-making, kind of important, kind of profound to start exploring and discovering. So what I want to do today is I want to, A, start that journey of reflection for you, okay? And B, I want to talk about the most common, because there's a ton of them. So I just want to talk about the most common like rules and what I'm going to call myths of witchcraft and magic. Okay. Quick disclaimer. I'm talking about the big umbrella term of witchcraft and magic. I'm not talking about any specific culture or any specific practice. Um, These are very, very, very general terms. So there are tons of practices, cultures, religions, belief systems that have literal rules, okay? But you've probably heard multiple times there are no rules of witchcraft, right? And yet, and yet everywhere we turn, I sure see lots and lots and lots of witches and and energy workers and spiritual leaders out there sure putting a bunch of rules out there. So let's let's dig into some of these main ones um, and kind of look at what they really are. The first one I want to address is being a solitary practitioner versus being a part of a coven, a group, or a community. This isn't necessarily a rule, but it is a big... kind of decision that I guess you get faced with when you start really consciously practicing this work. When you very first start learning about witchcraft, especially if you just do a super basic Google search or you read a really, really beginner's book, you know, that's written for someone that's never, ever learned anything about this. Some of the first or one of the very first concepts that you get presented with or decisions kind of that you get presented with is are you going to be a solitary practitioner or are you going to be a group practitioner? Are you going to join a coven? You know that I'm going to tell you throughout all of these rules, you know that I'm going to tell you to just do what's right for you and follow your intuition. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Shocker. Um, But the reason I want to specifically talk about being a solitary versus group practitioner is because and we'll we'll probably find this throughout all of these rules that I kind of have listed here, that this concept is not as binary as it's made out to be. There are covens, there are groups, and there are communities of witches and magic practitioners, okay? Some have extremely specific rules and initiation rituals, and activities that they do, right? Like, it's extremely organized and structured. And then you have more general, larger-reaching community or groups that, you know, maybe we find more online, 
So look at, okay, look at that witch school coming out soon, right? It's so soon, by the way. Um, I've, I've referred to the community that I'm going to be opening as, as a coven, you know, in a really loving and endearing way. But it is going to be this group and this community. I want it to have that vibe and that feeling. But I also want you to feel like an individual within that community or within that group. I want you to still feel like a solitary practitioner if that's how you identify and feel most comfortable. So that's kind of the difference between some of these general, bigger, larger scale communities and an organized, you know, coven. They might specifically worship a uh, a specific or certain deity or entity or energy. Um, They might practice a really specific form of magic, okay? So I want you to know, though, my biggest reason for bringing this up is, yes, there are, there is power in numbers. There's a reason why we feel so empowered when we have community. Remember the example with the children, right? And, and that profound effect of solidarity. And I want you to know that you don't have to be a part of any coven, group, community, whatever, to be considered a real witch, if you will, or a powerful witch, or to, or that to, to practice magic that is profound. And I, I just, I see so often in these rules that if you choose one, you might be choosing wrong. And sure, maybe, maybe there are people out there who can relate to joining group, and this could be totally outside of witchcraft. Have you ever joined a group or community that you realized, wow, not for me? Maybe you even participated in it for a really long time. And yes, I'm going there. I think that the biggest reason people don't seek out community is because in in witchcraft and spirituality is because it feels religion-y, right? My gods, are we terrified of the word religion in the modern witchcraft community? Ah, I got my own struggles with it myself, y'all. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm above it. I am saying, however, that I see some major toxicity coming from it that we need to bring attention to. I see on a regular, and I mean regular daily basis, especially on social media, this blatant, blinding hatred toward religion. No, I'm not saying that plenty of religious history, you know, hasn't earned that. I get it. I get it. Again, I have my own shit, like I said. I have my own religious trauma. If you feel very strongly against the term religion, if you, I'm going to say it, if you feel triggered by that, you have shadow work to do. That doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means that there's a part of yourself that needs 
some awareness and some, some validation and some healing, okay? Because religion's gonna be around. Because not all religion is inherently evil. And I'm tired of this really close, I'm gonna be honest, really close-minded approach I see so many very open-minded people have. And, and automatically, like, really judge the hell out of somebody. Uh, namely, let's, let's just say, how harsh, how harshly judged are Christian and Catholic witches? It's, I, I, I really, I know that there are certain people I'm going to piss off with this and I don't care because you, you have to hear this. That is the same fucking thing. That is the same thing as that religion or people from that religion turning it around onto those of us that identify as witches. And I'm going to just drop a super cliche and say, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. So stop it. You have shadow work to do. If you are blindly judging somebody without really fucking knowing who that person is because of a religion, because of a political party, because of some kind of stance like that, that without truly understanding that person, you are doing the same thing as the people that you're, that you are advocating against, right? That's okay. When we're being unfairly judgmental like that, that's okay. It's part of our human experience. And you're probably like, that's not okay. It's, I don't mean like it's acceptable behavior to be this like shitty judgmental person. (laughs) I mean that when we're being shitty judgmental people, that is our, that is our shadow calling to us. Hey, you're not like, there's work to be done over here. And a lot of people choose to turn away from that. I want you to, the reason I wanted to get into this part first is because I think that there is a lot of fucking empowerment in being a part of a community or being a part of a group, one that actually fits. And I think so many people accidentally or inadvertently close themselves off to that because of their unresolved religious trauma and because they're not doing that shadow work. I really encourage you to do that. And then, this is where the myth busting comes in. And then, be an an empowered and informed witch or magic practitioner. You can be solitary and you can be part of groups, okay? You can do both. So dive into that shadow and expand on that for yourself. I think that, ah, I think that in the wake of this huge, huge trend of witchcraft, let's take advantage of it in a really beautiful way and connect with each other. But we can't do that to its fullest potential when we disregard and avoid and suppress these shadows within ourselves. Now, this brings me into our next rule and myth, which is this big old debate between sharing your work uh, publicly or keeping your work and practice private to yourself. So you might have read in, uh, again, like maybe on a basic Google search or in super beginner, uh, witchcraft and magic books that 
some people will tell you, you can't ever show your book of shadows to somebody. No one can ever see it. And don't you even think about letting someone else touch it. Um, don't let anyone see your altar. If someone sees your altar, you're opening yourself up and opening the altar up to, to, uh, harm, right? Don't share your spells or your rituals publicly because people can mess with them and change the outcome and, right? If you've never heard any of these things, good on you. <laughs> That's good. I hope that you started your witchcraft journey with a little more open-mindedness. <laughs> I am going to call it out and I'm going to just say that the main places that I read these, these rules from were writers and leaders in the Wicca religion. And that is how I and many, many, many other practitioners began their journey because there is hardly any, obviously, education or exposure about witchcraft, right? And so we, most of us only got exposed in a Hollywood sense for the most part. And maybe you had your aunt's cousin's girlfriend who read tarot and you met her once and it was really cool and you thought it was awesome, but you never saw her again. And your mom told you that you couldn't read tarot. You know what I mean? Like for the most part, our exposure was freaking limited. And um, if most of your exposure was Hollywood based, then it was downright inaccurate. But one term, one practice that uh, we came across most often is Wicca. And the reason that, just so you know, the reason that that's so common and why Wicca gets confused with witchcraft so often, no, they are not interchangeable words. You can be a witch and be part of the Wicca religion. You could be Wicca and not identify as a witch or practice witchcraft. And you can be a witch and not be associated with Wicca at all. They're separate. Um... But the reason that it's so common is because it's so young. It's it's such a young religion. It's less than 100 years old. It's one of the youngest. So that's a huge reason why it was more talked about and more, more common. Um, it had, you know, it began and then it would have these big explosive trends. And, you know, throughout history, you know, that we can at least see, you know, throughout history, there's been trends and rises and then followed by falls and dips in, in spirituality trends. And we're in a big peak of a trend right now. And that's why so many people are being called to it. It's important when we're in these big waves, how we handle it and how we take advantage of it. And that's where I find rules like this toxic, quite honestly, Here's what I think about privacy and or sharing your work publicly or just with other people. Maybe there's maybe there's parts of your practice you don't necessarily share publicly, but you you share it with other people or other people have access to it, right? So like my daughter and my husband have access to my altars all the time. They're just in very open places of our house. So they can interfere technically, right, with that all the time. Um, and there are parts of my practice that I share online, which I would consider like, like very public, right? That's kind of the most public. Here's what I think. 
I think that privacy is important, okay? I, I value the fuck out of privacy. I have a Scorpio stellium at the bottom of my chart, at my IC. So for those that are new to astrology, what that means is Scorpio, who's one of the most uh, really quiet, it's it knows when to strike. That's kind of the whole idea of the scorpion, right? So it has this ability to be extremely private and it knows when to be very external as well. Um, and my Scorpio energy is at my IC, which we call the roots of a chart. Um, it's the deepest part of ourselves and our soul and our existence, they say. And so, yeah, privacy is extremely important. It is at my very, very roots, knowing what to share, what not to share, when to speak and when not to speak. And then just to even it out, my soul also chose to have a Gemini retrograde Mars in my 10th house, my most external part of myself. So here's here's where this little mixed up chameleon is going to give you the advice, okay? There are parts of my practice and parts of my magic that are sacred because they are private to me, okay? And I don't share them with fucking anyone, literally anyone. And that's what makes those parts of my magic and practice so sacred, especially because I have that Gemini retrograde Mars in my 10th house. So when I really, truly don't tell even one other person, that's that's very sacred to me. On the flip side, on the major flip side, folks, there is so much power and sacredness in the parts of my magic and practice that I purposefully choose to share with other people or, or the full entire public. That is what gives those parts of my magic their power. So this is why you don't need to choose if you, if you share everything or if you share absolutely nothing. It depends. It just depends. And yeah, you have to follow your intuition. It's going to be the advice the whole time. Ask yourself, you know the answer deep down. I tell people all the time, you know when your deck needs to be cleaned. You know when your energy feels shitty and you need to be clean or cleansed. You know when it's time to do a spell. You know when the spell is over. They're, like, I know that you know this. And those of, those of you that are like, are you sure that I know this? You are the ones, and I love you so much because I relate to you so much. I've been in this place so often myself. You are the ones that go and get verbal confirmation, right? You come and ask people like me in the industry or ask your friends for confirmation. But I want to give you the knowledge and power and understanding that you already know the answer to these things, okay? As we go through these rules and myths and decisions, if you will, you know what's right for you. I promise that you know. So, there are times when I'm doing a spell or a ritual, whatever it is, a reading, let's say it's a tarot reading. There are readings that I know I'm meant to take a picture of this and post this. 
And there are times that I know I'm not. This one's for me and only for me. The, the more often you listen to that, that inner intuition, the easier and easier that it gets. So I challenge you not to ask for verbal confirmation or external confirmation from other people as often. If anything, ask your guides because that will further continue your strengthening of your actual intuition. Now, speaking of rules that change the power of your fucking magic, I want to talk about this myth about if you have to say spells out loud versus in your head, (laughs) or if they have to rhyme, or if they have to be in Latin. Okay, okay, okay. No, Jesus. First of all, we fucking invented language. We invented language, okay? Humans. We invented our own fucking language. All species develop their own methods of communication with each other. Verbal language is ours. Uh, and all my, my linguistics folks out there, shout out. I love you. I love linguistics. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, but one thing you learn when you kind of start studying linguistics is that like language has these major roots and that's what's fascinating, but it's fucking changing and evolving all the time, all the time. Try not to be so like anchored into language. Like the lovers of language and linguistics, we have a much more open and flowing relationship, a little more lovingly detached relationship with language because we know that it's silly to get too attached to certain parts. Like language is always going to be changing. We can always reflect on the past, right? We can reflect on how we spoke at different times of history in different parts of the world. And depending on who you were, right? That's all so fascinating. Um, but that's always going to keep evolving and changing. So it's silly to bog yourself down by getting too attached and trying to force language not to change. So that being said, none of this matters. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you say it aloud or in your head, if it rhymes or doesn't rhyme, if you say it in Latin or another language. Dude, (laughs) you need to speak the words or whether that's out loud or in your head that, that make you feel the most magical, the most aligned in that moment. That's what a spell and a ritual is for, okay? I used to get so bogged down by using the right words in magic and sounding a certain way and Oh my God, seriously. Like I look back and I, if you're like me and you've been practicing for many years now, go back and look through your old books of shadows and grimoires and journals and stuff and look at how different you speak now. This, this is hopefully something that many, many of us uh, kind of shed the more that we practice magic. I, I think a lot of witches are able to kind of free themselves from the shackles of God, like how you say spells and stuff. But a lot of people, especially anyone that struggles with perfectionism, okay, that kind of shadow work, 
I would not be surprised if this is something that you struggle with in your magic, whether you're a beginner or not. So it does not matter. I laugh and I say, I don't care because it it doesn't matter to anyone. It literally only matters to the person doing the spell. You have your own special, fucking amazing relationship with the universe. Your connection and communication line to spirit is fucking beautiful. The way it is, the way it was, the way it's going to be. I promise you that you get to look at your relationship with spirit and just see it for the beautiful uniqueness that it is. I tell, I, I talk about this with my clients, my one-on-one clients and my, my mentorship clients all the time. Like it does not matter outside of you and spirit. Okay. And in this particular case, I'm using the word spirit as also an umbrella term for ancestors, spirit guides, angels, your intuition, your higher self, right? Any, whoever you're talking to, and it could change. (laughs) Sometimes I'm talking to planets. Sometimes I'm talking to my dead grandma. Sometimes I'm talking to myself, like (laughs) it changes. But how I talk to them, my unique communication, like that's personal to me. And it quite literally are you ready for this? It quite literally affects no one else. How I sp- talk and speak with, with spirit, my communication line. I will say that if you're somebody who, who is a spiritual coach or leader or teaches people or coaches people in any kind of like communication, yeah, I think that you have uh, an ethical responsibility to uphold, but that's a whole different episode. <laughs> um, I'm talking about really specifically like in spells and stuff, whether you're journaling, whether you're saying it out loud. Um, I, I just want you to do what makes you feel the most powerful. Here's, I hope this makes you feel a little at ease or maybe like you're already doing it the right way. First of all, I say some of my stuff out loud. I say so much of it in my head. I have a fucking constant dialogue happening always. I've been that way since I was a kid. I always have an inner dialogue going. I don't know how common that is outside of myself or not. I'm not saying I'm special for that or not, but that's just my experience. So if you're like that, like I, the conversation takes place out loud. It takes place in my head. There's always a conversation going on. And (laughs) you might even have conversations going on multiple at the same time while you're literally talking to someone in front of you and you're talking in your head at the same, right? Like there's always dialogue happening. And so what I've learned is I just, as a witch, I just lean into that now. I just lean into that dialogue And I try and be as mindful and as intentional as I can about it. The times that I work on my my dialogue or what I say in spells or to myself or to my guides or whatever, when I work on that, it's because I find myself saying mindless things to myself or reacting mindlessly to myself um, and saying something, you know, really unevolved or reacting really unevolved to something like, 
this is when I, I analyze and I do shadow work on my communication and such, right? When it, again, when it comes to magic, not, not just communication as a whole. Again, communication as a whole, we should all be in therapy. <laughs> all of us should be in therapy to learn about and work on our communication. But in magic, like we can really address this in shadow work, but we can also just embrace our authentic voice and stop judging it. A, stop judging ourselves for talking out loud to ourselves. So many of us do it, if not all of us. Um, B, the way that we talk, if it's proper or not, stop it, stop it. That is some old school bullshit elitist crap that we can leave behind now, okay? Are you a good speller? Are you not? Are you good with grammar? Are you not? Do you enjoy speaking? Do you not? Do you enjoy writing? Do you not? Take all of these things into consideration as you find and rediscover your natural voice. There are times in my practice where I speak really, really formally. I don't know why. I just know that that's what I'm supposed to do for that ritual. Again, that's what sometimes following your intuition means not understanding why. (laughs) And sometimes I'm casual as fuck. Look at this podcast for crying out loud. This podcast, just so you know, this podcast, when I when I get off of the show, especially when we do like a, a fundamentals of magic episode, when I when I talk about a specific planet or sign or specific deity, that's magic right there. That's me participating in my spiritual path and practice, okay? By by coming on here and sharing and with all of you and connecting with all of you and honoring this practice, that is a part of my practice. And so, do you see how do you see how silly I talk? I talk so silly to you guys. You know that. Uh there was a couple episodes ago, oh, it was a Moon Day Musings that <laughs> I was trying to explain how nonverbal Pisces is and I could not speak the whole entire episode. Oh my God, it was absolutely hilarious. Like it it doesn't take away, you know this, right? You, my, my amazing neighborhood and listeners, you know that that doesn't take away from the magic of the show, that I don't speak to you like a, like a 65-year-old teacher or whatever. Like, if anything, it's more powerful that I just come to you as I am. I just am who I am. Because do you know how many of you reach out to me and say, or you've left a review that says, I feel like I'm just talking to my friend. I feel like I'm just getting coffee with my friend when I listen to this show, which by the way, brings a tear to my eye probably every single time I read that. So thank you. That's like the most amazing thing. Um, That's what happens when you just Show up with your authentic voice and your magic, okay? So don't worry about that stuff. Now, that being said, if you like to rhyme, if you like to sing, if you like to write songs, if you like to write poetry, incorporate that into your magic. It took me years to realize. I was like, why the fuck have I not been incorporating my poetry into magic? I've been writing fucking poetry since I was 12, I have taken this major, major break. Um, I I hadn't written poetry in like five or six years. And what reignited it was 
going back and reading old journals. This is why I tell you to do it so often. Ugh, you don't have to do it so often. That's why I tell you so often. You got to do it sometimes, okay? It's so important for your growth. But I go back and I read these poems, you guys, from when I was like, I don't know, uh, anywhere from the ages of 19 to 22. And I manifested that shit. I manifested so much of my healing because I would write these dark, shadowy poems about the pain I was going through and I'd face it and sit with it and I'd write about it. I, I manifested, I so, so much. I go back and look at this and I, I cried when I read that particular journal from that, that age range because I was practicing magic without even realizing it. And it really reawakened this, this, uh, poet in me. I've always, always been. And I hope that there's some little inner muse in you that you haven't realized that you haven't been utilizing in your practice that you can. You could be an artist of any kind, any kind, whether it's a literal like painter or drawer or designer or sculptor or carver, like real seriously, like I hope that that part of you that you used to tap into for nothing but pure creativity, if you've kind of lost it or taken a long sabbatical from it, that you realize how much magic there inherently is in that and that you can use that and really rebirth your relationship. I sing my spells and affirmations out loud. And no, I don't mean in some like beautiful, ethereal, spiritual way. It's silly. It's goofy. It's the Gemini Mars. It's, <laughs> it's definitely the Gemini Mars, who's a goofball, who's I was born retrograde under, uh, in a house ruled by Taurus, who rules um, uh, our throat and is ruled by Venus and and rules our, our singing and, and music and such. And so, no, I don't sing spells pretty. I don't write good music, <laughs> but I turn things into song all the time. I feel confident today. I trust myself. Do I sound like a dork? Yeah, I sound like a dork. I am a dork, but you know what? That's who I am. And I, I just let the words flow out of me. That's when you feel your most fucking powerful. So don't let anyone outside of you or anything inside of you judge your real voice and and suppress it and shut it up and silence it let it out whether it's like that beautiful and ethereal or it's silly and goofy and jagged like mine it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it only matters to you. So find out what matters to you. Find find that voice and start letting it come forth. And if it mainly is in your head, if you do your magic and you don't say things out loud very often, that's just as powerful. I promise that your, your inner voice and inner thought is just as powerful. It's okay if you, especially if you practice your magic in a place where you literally don't feel comfortable saying these things out loud. Okay. Now we're going to, I really saved the sassiest for lassiest. <laughs> uh, okay. We already brought up Wicca. We're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to do it again. Again, I, the reason so much of this is rooted in Wicca is because that's where 
uh, my roots in witchcraft began. And so, 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 so many of ours do. And um, we kind of get re-traumatized. A lot of us kind of get re-traumatized because we come into witchcraft or we got into Wicca um, as this really liberating path from our religious trauma, whether that was from any, any major or organized religion, okay? I'm not even going to start listing them. You know what they are and you know what yours was. Um, And a lot of us found Wicca and it was supposed to be this liberating thing. And guess what we got met with? A bunch of rules that made us feel like pieces of shit. I'm just, I I just, I'm just going to call these things what they are. I don't care. We have to, we have to. If we're going to call out Christians and stuff, then I'm going to call out Wicca. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of not calling out the neo-pagan religions. Um, The law of three is the next one we're going to talk about today. So a while ago, a while ago on the podcast, probably one of the very first episodes I talked about this, the law of three comes from the Wiccan read. You can look that up. It's, I'm, I'm just being factual. I'm not being judgy. It's similar to the 10 commandments. Okay. It's like a vow of rules that you're going to abide by and, and beliefs that you have. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what it is. Okay. Look it up for yourself. I don't have it in front of me. I'm not going to read it. It's everywhere. Wiccan read. It's spelled R-E-D-E. Within the Wiccan read is the law of three, which is, you know, I think one of the quotes is harm none. I can't think of the rest of it, but harm none is where that comes from. And it basically says, I can't quote it, but it basically says that anything that you put out, you get back threefold, anything. And that means that if you put out good stuff, you get good stuff threefold. And if you put out bad stuff, you get bad stuff threefold. Here is the number one reason I hate this is because once again, we find ourselves in a binary choice and in a binary mindset, good and bad. Life is more complex than that. Our actions are more complex than that. We can say you know, we can boil things down to like coming from a place of fear or love. But even when we get into that, like we're at least able to maintain understanding and compassion. And I think therefore detach from our emotional judgment a little bit. So I don't, I don't hate, you know, the concept that everything we do is out of fear and love because that's very binary, right? That's a binary concept. Um, It's when we label love good and fear bad. Love and fear themselves are inherently complex. And that's why I don't have such a hard time with that because we can explore fear. We can explore love. Fear can be really useful and love can be really toxic. So they're complex, okay? When we say good things that we do come back to us, three times as good and bad things we do come back to us three times as bad. This, uh, this just puts you in a place of fear. Let's call it what it is. This just puts you in a place of fear, puts you in a place of guilt. You start making decisions out of, from a place of guilt and fear, which is what most of us had left that religious trauma from in the fucking first place. 
is not feeling like we have to fucking live our lives constantly wondering, shit, is that one going to make me go to heaven or is that one? Now, I recognize that it's more than that. I know that you get to go to heaven if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your heart. I'm pretty sure that's the main requirement from what I understand that you can, I'm not being sassy and being serious. I, from what I was taught, that's the deal. Um, you can break all of the 10 commandments. And as long as you, um, ask Jesus to forgive you for your sins, and it has to be real, right? You have to actually believe you can't just say it. Like you have to actually accept this into your heart. That's why they use that, that terminology. Um, that's the deal. In Wicca, the deal is, okay, we're giving you more control over your life, but if you have all these bad things happen to you, you're the one who made them happen. And I'm sorry, but that's not fucking true. And life isn't so black and white like that. It's not so simple. The the big time that this debate comes in is in, um, actually what's also our final, uh, kind of rule here, myth here. This comes into play a lot with like, yes, hexing and cursing and all, all of that. But we've talked about that on past episodes. Um, you know, people are like, if you, if you cast a hex, it'll definitely come back onto you threefold. We've talked about that in the past. And I, I know that we'll end up talking about that again in the future. I want to talk about uh, killing, okay? So killing a fly or eating meat or eating animal products. So in many, if not most of the Wiccan books that I read and learned from, from many, many, many different authors, this information spans many, um, there was major pressure to be vegan and, and sober. I have a lot of personal feelings about what we eat and the ethics behind our food, ethics behind our drink, the ethics behind substances like drugs and alcohol and caffeine, like everything. I, I have tons and tons of personal opinions and experiences with all of those things. And I don't think that I have any right to tell anyone how to take care of or nourish their body. I can provide you with the information that I have, um, that I've learned and that I like through research and learn through experience. I can tell you what works and what doesn't work for me. Uh, and that's about all that I can do. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's about all anyone can do. Even the top smartest scientist in the world. At the end of the day, it's your body and you're the one taking care of the meat sack. You're the one who's got to nurture yourself and nourish yourself and take care of yourself. So even if you heard the right answer, let's say, on what the best spiritual diet is, like let's say hypothetically there was a way we could receive a true real answer to that, right? This is literally the best diet and exercise and lifestyle plan for a, for a magic practitioner in 2022. Here it is. Um, even if we had access to that, do you know that like 
so many of us wouldn't do it. It still comes down to a matter of choice and a matter of what you want to do. And again, try and remove the judgment part from it. Try and remove the judgment from what other people want to do with their fucking bodies and what they want to eat and what businesses they want to support or not support. If you know people that buy meat from, you know, places that we all know it comes from terrible, you know, meat chains and stuff like that, I'll be honest with you. Most of us are. If you eat any kind of animal product, you probably are contributing in some way to some kind of animal abuse. I don't know that in the how large fucking scale our industrialized agriculture and meat industry, like, I don't know that you can escape it. How the fuck ever, and this is a big one, and I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. If you follow a plant-based only diet, you also contribute and support very, very, very harmful industries and companies to our earth and our ecosystem. That's because there are just so many people on this planet and because most of us don't learn about sustainability, okay? Sustainability on an individual level, like what literally sustains my body my psyche, my spirit, my emotions, everything. And what sustains our our society and our community and what sustains our globe and sustains our earth. Most people are not fucking concerned with that, okay? Not because it is so much, because it is so much. And so I'm not saying if you're a vegan, you're a bad person and you're contributing to all this shit. I'm not saying if you eat meat or use animal products, you're a shit person. I'm saying take a deep breath because when we talk about all of these fucking rules and the repercussions that come from following or not following them, it's a lot. I want you to take a deep breath and realize that what's going on right now is called your moral compass. Your values are flaring up. You're, you're looking within yourself and, and, and doing that introspective work that gets you to evaluate those values and morals. And guess what? That's a fucking beautiful thing. No, you're not a shit person for whatever you eat. You're a fucking beautiful person for giving a fuck about it. I want you to just keep giving a fuck about it. And I want you to do your own research about whether it's where the actual product comes from and what the actual company does all the way down to how that product makes your physical fucking body feel, makes your emotions feel, makes your spirit and psyche feel. I want you to take the information into consideration and I want you to go back to the same fucking thing that I've said this whole time, which is what does your intuition say? Your body's directly connected to your intuition. Listen to those responses. Look at those physical reactions. If you don't eat dairy because dairy just, your body fires off signals that you can't eat dairy, I'm fucking proud of you for listening to that. If you eat meat because that's what makes your body feel the best and you do your best to, to give a fuck about where that products come from, 
I'm proud of you. If you have made this major, major lifestyle change and commitment to not using any animal products at all and only eating plant-based products because that is what aligns most with your morals and values as a human, I'm fucking proud of you. All of you. You're living with conviction. That's what matters. That's what really matters. And we're going to keep fucking up and that's okay. We're going to keep learning from it. Some people can eat and drink certain things that other people can't. When it comes to substances and drugs and alcohol, there are people that will tell you, you know, they had a spiritual awakening because they took a certain drug or because they they drank. They there there are people that will tell you that any substance of any kind that alters your your state of mind like that inhibits your spiritual access and powers. I think that that journey is your Pisces journey, number one. And no wonder we're talking about that now. So, you know, you need to look at some Pisces stuff in your chart. (laughs) Just to look at which end of the spectrum you feel about that. In either case, you will find in your Pisces. Um, I have talked with you all uh, many episodes ago. um, I believe it was my Death Witch episode about my struggles with addiction in my past. Um, well, in my always, I have addiction. <laughs> and I I just want to let you all know that that was like such an incredibly healing episode for me um, as it was for so many people that reached out to me after listening to it. I had no idea the impact that that episode was going to have. Um, it's so humbling to know that. Um, I, I was not sober at that time. I was still, uh, using alcohol, um, quite technically in, in what I would call moderation, especially considering my personal, uh, track record over the last 12 years. Um, I really wanted to share with all of you though, because I love all of you so much and trust all of you so much. And I, I just feel all of your love so much that this year in 2022, so a few months after that episode, it kind of reawakened my healing journey with my addiction. If you struggle with addiction, you may know that you kind of go through phases where you're not really paying attention to it. Maybe you're not in active addiction or maybe you're just not in treatment, whatever the case may be. Um, I was in a phase or a period where it just wasn't at the forefront of my mind, I guess is what I should say. And it came to the forefront of my mind after a hard day, uh, a hard day, a big slip up. And I'm really excited to let everybody know that I made the decision to become sober on January 23rd. And so when you all hear this episode, I will be um, just a little bit away from being two months sober, which is huge, <laughs> huge, huge, huge accomplishment for me. And I'm so excited and proud of that. I also recognize more than ever in the clarity that I've achieved just in the short amount of time um, that I've been sober I've also realized that, you know, not everyone has these struggles. 
And once again, we find ourselves in this binary concept of if you drink alcohol, you're blocking your spiritual abilities, or if you do drink alcohol, right? Like this binary concept. And I can tell you in my gained clarity, once again, it fucking depends. It depends. I know so many witches in my personal life and in like my virtual community that do not struggle with substance of any kind. And alcohol can be a very, very normal, safe, and healthy part of their life and and practice, okay? And I know people, and I am one of them, that it's not. And this is the decision that I made that fits me. The moral of all of this, okay, all of this, and me showing up with this vulnerability is because when we go through all of these rules, whether it's in witchcraft or it's out in society and in our communities, you really do have to come back to that intuition. That's why it's so fucking important to develop such a strong connection and relationship with it. It will never steer you wrong. I promise. And you know, you know I don't like speaking in absolutes because that's very binary. (laughs) It will not steer you wrong. If it does, that wasn't your intuition. I'll say it a million times till I'm blue in the face. I, I hope that this episode got those gears turning. I hope that we opened some doors in your mind that maybe were closed. Again, I'm not judging. We all have times and periods of closed-mindedness. I want this whole episode to be a reminder that you're not a bad person. You're not a bad person. You're a fucking human here in this earth life, having to learn all of this shit, having to relearn all of it, right? We have so many lives on earth and we have to come here and keep relearning human life and earth life so many times. It's exhausting and it's challenging. And our lessons are fucking complex. Our strengths are fucking complex. Complex. Our fears, our love, everything. We, our souls, our world. It's complex. It's not binary. It's multi-dimensional, multi-layered, multifaceted. So I hope that we really opened some today and and got some wheels turning. Maybe there are questions, maybe there are thoughts. Send those to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash conjure that witch. I'm going to start on the show sharing more and more of what people reach out to me about. I have shared these on like Instagram and stuff on the past, but since I'm not really on Instagram that much anymore and I'm here on the show with all of you so much more, I really want to bring that community aspect here on the actual show. So send those questions here. Send your thoughts and your feedback here. Those stories, things that that inspire you, things that help enlighten and illuminate for you, things that you want to share with other people that you think might help enlighten and illuminate for them. Share them because I'm going to share them here on the show as well. And obviously would protect any kind of anonymity if that is um, what you would want. Again, 
I value privacy. Okay, everybody. This was this was a big one, um, but I loved this. I love this time with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to listen here with me today. I will see all of you next week on Monday. Stay safe. Have a fun weekend. Stay magical out there. Hey, magical human. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Witch Podcast. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to share with a friend or give a shout out on your social media. You can also leave a five-star rating and review on both Apple and Spotify. And if you can't get enough of all of our witchy, magical content here in the neighborhood, you definitely want to make sure you're subscribed to my email newsletter, That Witch Gazette. It's a really fun, really convenient one-stop shop to stay up to date on all of the news and happenings here in our neighborhood. If you have any questions, suggestions, ideas for the show, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can send me a message at thatwitchnextdoor.com slash conjurethatwitch. Thank you so much. I'll see y'all next time.